Dwayne Haskins' tragic death impacts the Steelers on so many levels. Welcome to a grief-stricken edition of your Steelers Update podcast from Penn Live, as we pay tribute to the departed Dwayne Haskins, Steelers quarterback. This is John Lucy reporting. The Steelers are a team in mourning. Very soon, they must be a team on the mend and on the move. This because the all-important NFL draft awaits. Its impacts on both the present and future in Pittsburgh cannot be underestimated. Meanwhile, the waning days of free agency could make or break the 2022 team. Amid all this, the loss of Dwayne Haskins in an inexplicable early morning dump truck versus pedestrian fatality in Florida was a stop-you-in-its-tracks gut punch for everyone connected with the Steelers organization. The tragedy sent Pittsburgh Steelers players who were practicing with Haskins at the Florida home of new quarterback Mitch Trubisky reeling with emotion and loss. By definition, pro football players are young men at the peak of vitality, physicality, and strength. Mortality is the last thing on their minds. Simply put, their likes should not be struck down like this. At 24, Haskins, the former Ohio State prodigy, had found a home with the Steelers and in Pittsburgh. On a recent Steelers cruise known as the Steelers Legend Tour, Haskins mixed with fans so well, he was voted the best player on the cruise, the most favorite of fans. This was amid formidable competition from Steelers immortals from the 1970s and even recent Super Bowl heroes such as Santonio Holmes. Haskins' ever-present smile, his easy, outgoing demeanor and ready laugh made an indelible impression on Steelers fans on the cruise. By all accounts, they embraced him, and he loved every minute of it. No wonder Steelers players unabashedly shed tears on social media in wake of his sudden tragic death. Such was the bond they'd formed with Haskins in his first year with the Steelers. Haskins wasn't just a teammate, he was a brother. Something about his infectious personality, amazing physical gifts, and leadership abilities caused teammates from Ben Roethlisberger to Chase Claypool to simply gravitate to him. All the while, Haskins was working hard to reclaim the mantle of starting quarterback in the NFL. We will never know just how large he figured into the Steelers' plans for the post-Ben Roethlisberger era. The Steelers picked up Haskins after he was cast off from the Washington football team, which had drafted him in the first round. Coming into 2022, Haskins now had a year under his belt in the Steelers' system, and he seemed poised to make a move up the QB death chart. Yes, the Steelers signed Mitch Trubisky in free agency, and he was the apparent 2022 starter. But Haskins still figured largely in their plans. Word was that current number two, QB Mason Rudolph, was going to be shipped out of Pittsburgh. Trubitsky would start and Haskins would back him up. 
all the while, Haskins would continue being groomed for the possible elevation as the franchise's longer-term future. Haskins' presence, together with Trubisky's arrival, would allow the Steelers the luxury of not drafting a quarterback at the end of this month in the upcoming draft. Instead, the team could follow its best player available philosophy and pick from the draft's premium talent at other positions. In wake of Haskins' unexpected death and the wasting of all the future promise he brought to Pittsburgh, all those plans must be torn up and thrown away. Everything regarding the Steelers' strategy is back on the table, including drafting a quarterback at the number 20 position. Monumentally important decisions that will loom large, not just this season, but for many to come, must be made even as the team continues to grieve. The emotional hangover from Haskins' sudden death will linger within the Steelers' organization for a long time. But right now, the upheaval in the Steelers' plans are so profound, the Steelers' brain trust of outgoing general manager Kevin Colbert Coach Mike Tomlin, and even owner Art Rooney II have no choice but to focus on how the team moves forward without Dwayne Haskins. It will take longer, much longer, for the players who worked with him most closely to heal. Players like young wide receiver Chase Claypool, who refused to hide his raw emotions in wake of losing his brother. Eventually, the grief and loss will give way to the birth of a new Steelers season. Haskins will not be forgotten, but mini camps, training camp, and the regular season will bring back that familiar NFL routine, and this will help players move on and move forward. This is the business side of the NFL, and the $11 billion-plus league is nothing if not a business and a big one at that. The death of a young, up-and-coming talent at age 24 reminds everyone that there are no guarantees in this life. Time is short, always. Greatness is even briefer and much more rare. Opportunities cannot be squandered. They may never present themselves again. If these are some of the lessons, the resolve for personal and team success could be strengthened even amid this kind of grief and loss. The most driven performers search for motivation from every experience. There is some to be gained even here. But the only thing known for certain is the impact of losing Dwayne Haskins will reverberate on many levels throughout the Steelers' season. The profound loss to his close friends and family will never ever diminish. The loss to the Steelers emotionally, personnel-wise, and on the field remains to be seen in its totality and entirety. Right now, I don't know if anyone really knows the magnitude of all of this. Odds are it will be huge. This was a tragedy on every level. It could be very difficult to overcome on all those many levels as well. We have much more on the many perspectives of Dwayne Haskins' life and death and his huge impact on the Steelers in such a short time in this somber edition of your Steelers Update podcast. 
And be sure to check out my print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. It will pay respects to Haskins as Pittsburgh players and fans alike pour out their hearts to the promising young QB gone way, way too soon. How to pick up the pieces and talk football in the wake of losing someone like Dwayne Haskins, someone so young, someone with so much future ahead of him, someone with an unwritten Steelers story yet to unfold. But this is precisely the place that the Pittsburgh Steelers find themselves, especially the people who are going to be in that draft room, selecting not only just for this year, but for years to come. So where does this tragedy leave that strategy for the Steelers' future? Well, here's the dean of Steelers scribes, Ed Bouchette, offering his sage view of the Steelers' thinking on taking a quarterback in this month's draft. The bottom line for Bouchette is this. He writes, quote, Drafting a quarterback would not be a shock and should be a priority position high in the draft considering what the Steelers have now. And that's a quarterback room minus Dwayne Haskins and his future promise that he was bound to bring to this franchise. Now, that's me adding that sort of editorial comment along to Bouchette's uh, thoughts there. But now we're going to go back to Bouchette and his quote. Quote, if the Steelers have a chance to draft a quarterback they think can deliver their next good, great one, they should do it. If not, they should pick other positions. Remember, though, that there are no promises in 2023 that they'll be in position to draft their next good, great quarterback. Now, as far as the quarterbacks in this upcoming draft that the Steelers are eyeing, Bouchette has a perspective on this, saying, quote, I think the Steelers prefer Liberty's Malik Willis, but I don't think they'd give up a lot to go get him. Or Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter, for that matter. The Steelers have said they want to keep their draft picks, unquote. As for what would be Bouchette's priorities if he were picking for Pittsburgh, he writes this, quote, I want a wide receiver or two and an offensive tackle. I want a defensive lineman, and if Terrell Edmonds doesn't return, a strong safety. And a quarterback, either the one I think that can be my starter for the next decade or one later in the draft as a backup developmental project. Unquote. Hey, in setting the 2022 draft priorities, Bouchette's athletic colleague, Mark Caboli, presses even harder for help at the wideout position. This is key because any help there would aid the likely current Steelers starting quarterback, Mitch Turbitsky, rather than worrying about picking a passer for the future. So he makes some really good points and he says perhaps the Steelers can't count on their proficiency at drafting wideouts later in the draft. Perhaps they should pounce earlier and get a premium talent at wide receiver, which is loaded in this draft. So here's what Caboli writes in The Athletic. Quote, Mike Tomlin was borderline dismissive when asked about the depth of his wide receivers room after losing Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, and Ray Ray McLeod in free agency. Quote, 
But you know the acquisition of wideouts is something that we're comfortable with, unquote, Tomlin said in response. He was talking about the draft, where the Steelers have a reputation for hitting on wide receivers, Kaboli continues. But that reputation might be slightly misguided, which creates some uneasiness about Tomlin's confidence. The Steelers have used a draft choice on a receiver in all but two of Tomlin's 15 seasons. Though it is readily accepted that the Steelers draft wide receivers better than most organizations, there have been big hits and big misses. For every Antonio Brown, Mike Wallace, or Emmanuel Sanders, there was a Limus Swede, a Sammy Coates, or a Marcus Wheaton. The trend recently has not been good for the Steelers and drafting receivers. The latest receiver pick, Chase Claypool, in the second round of 2020, had a stellar rookie season, then dropped off drastically last year to the point where many have questioned his long-term future with the team. Smith-Schuster had his two best seasons to open his career, but put up pedestrian numbers in the past three, including two in which he was the number one receiver and one in which he was hurt. Washington had a promising start, then became an afterthought. Before that, Coates and Wheaton had high expectations only to fizzle. There is a formula the Steelers live by in drafting receivers as articulated by GM Kevin Colbert. Quote, you want big and fast, the ability to get in and out of a break, the ability to catch the ball in competitive situations, the ability to run after the catch, and the ability to block. It's really not that complicated when you boil it down and they come in all different sizes and shapes and they have different talents that make them unique among themselves. But there's really not one specific pattern we look for, unquote, all from Colbert and his eye for the receiver. So where does all this leave the Steelers going into this upcoming draft, which is, you know, less than two weeks away? Well, Kaboli ends with this. Luckily for the Steelers, this draft is once again loaded with wide receivers, unquote. Great stuff from Kaboli, sizing up a true team need and all the more reason not to take a QB in round one this year. Of course, we will see and we will cover more of this draft strategy, but right now we have to go back to Dwayne Haskins and the human loss, not the football loss, the human loss. May he rest in peace. May his loved ones, friends, teammates, and fans find comfort in prayer, priests, and the enduring memories of a man, a friend, and a quarterback, an athlete gone so, so soon. Dwayne Haskins, we won't forget you. Thank you, Steelers fans, for listening, for remembering Dwayne, for staying with the podcast, and for looking ahead to a brighter future for your Steelers. And we'll cover it next week and all the weeks after that on your Steelers podcast and on Penn Live. Stay tuned. God bless and stay well.